with American Farmsteaders podcast. Hello. How are you? How is everybody? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it is August. It is mid-August officially, and we are gearing up for fall gardening. Yes. And um, just kind of... <laughs> Got rolling with the punches as we keep saying, <laughs> trying to find out what's that next right thing. We've had um, we've had a lot a lot going on on the farm. Yes, you have had a lot going on on the farm. Yeah, yeah, it's been insane. <laughs> so, um, what about you? What what about your farm? You know, I honestly don't feel like we've had much going on. I mean, no. we're kind of in that lull of summer. Mm. Um, where things start to slow down a little bit, um, don't have a whole lot going on animal wise. Um, you know, all the cows are pregnant and just out grazing in the pasture and same with the sheep. So everybody's No news is good news. (laughs) Right. Knock on wood. Everybody's behaving. Um, but the neighbor next door, he did bring over, um, a bunch of new cows and several younger heifers that were all in heat. And so I moved my cows over. So there would be an empty pasture in between the new cows and my cows. And literally my bull for days has been standing right at the electric fence, just growling. He's dug a hole Mm -hmm. in the pasture with his foot. Yeah, pawing at it. Yeah, standing there growling at all those other females He's telling, he's like, aren't you impressed with me, ladies? (laughs) He likes, don't you like me? (laughs) It's funny. So, um, the bull next door has been busy the last couple days. So, hopefully he'll uh, do his job and my bull will settle down a little bit. So. Well, that's cool. It's exciting. Yeah, I'm just have been kind of holding my breath the last couple of days, waiting for him to bust through that fence. But right, apparently he's minding the electric so far, so that's good. Good, very yeah. good. That's that's nice about the size cows that you have. Um, they're a little easier to manage. Yeah, they are. Um, I really like the miniature cattle. Um, they eat less, mm-hmm. and they're just they're just easier on the pasture. Right. I mean Hershey. Our big black Angus, she'll tear the pasture up. Right. You know, if you leave her in one spot too long, you yeah. can tell she's been there. Those miniature cows, they do not do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, nice. That's really nice. We've enjoyed that. Nice, nice. Something mm-hmm. to keep in mind if you mm-hmm. have a lot of people, uh, you know, moving out of the cities, moving, buying up land, and moving on to start their homestead adventures. And that's something to keep in mind, um, especially if you're starting out and you don't have any experience with cattle or any yeah. kind of large livestock that um, a mini is something that you can handle a little easier and is a little more economical. Um, obviously you don't like, you don't get as much beef off of one butcher as no. you do a full size, but um, yeah, we, you I mean, definitely, pros and cons. yeah, you definitely don't, but like you said, pros and cons, right. It's, um, that's worth it. We actually sent two to the butcher like last week, last Monday, we took them in and I called and got the hanging weight on them. Yeah. Yeah. 370. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So they didn't hang to be much. Yeah. But I mean, the last steers that we took in hung at like 475. I was going to say, I think the last one we did was on, it was, he was the smallest we've done and he hung at like around 400. Yeah. And, um, so the, the meat on it, the quarters were about 60 pounds of cut meat mm-hmm. on, per quarter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
240 pounds of meat on a 400 pound hang. Yeah. Um, I, it, some some people are looking for that though. You know, that would fill my freezer for a whole year. We'd be able yes. to eat on that. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, and you know, the per another perk for us is maybe we can just do that ourselves. Right. You know, that's not an 1,100 pound steer that right. you're trying to winch up and yeah. gut and hang. And so, um, yeah. Tori's always said that we're going to do our own cows one day. Right. So the minis might be that what might we be end it. up. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's really so, cool. I like we'll it. See. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have sold our, biggest cow <laughs> speaking of big cows small cows <laughs> we sold our big brown swiss uh, she was a good cow she just wasn't a good fit for our farm and didn't suit us well and so i've had her for sale for a while um then we lost our hazel so it was kind of mm -hmm. like i don't really know what to do at this point i left her up for sale thinking if she sells she sells if she doesn't she doesn't and um she sold <laughs> So, well, there you go. Yeah, so she left uh, last Friday morning, so it's been a week. And then um, that evening, we got a call from a rancher friend um, who has an orphan calf and said he's starving. He's about five weeks old, and he's just going to die. Uh, he knows we have milk, so he's like, you, you just, you got to come get right. him. You got to come get him. And um, so we, we went out, and he um, was completely unhandled and completely feral and completely angry <laughs> that we were trying to catch him and save his little life. And it was completely adorable. Yes. <laughs> He's really cute. He's really, really cute. So the bulls that were running out there were Charlay. So, um, mm -hmm. and, and all the cows, the mamas are all beef of some variety. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're nice, nice, big Charlay bulls. So he should grow, he should catch up, um, and, and grow out beef out nicely. But so we're bottle feeding him, and then the following Sunday, our Rosie calved in the morning. Mm -hmm. That was traumatic. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was very traumatic. We had to pull her calf. Um, she was a first-timer, and he was a big calf. Um, How long did she stall for? She stalled for a while, but it wasn't like... Um, she labored for a while, I should say. She okay. stalled in her labor for a while, and then we could see hooves... With a sack intact, so okay. her water hadn't broken, and as long as her water hadn't broken, we were okay. Okay, but we we follow the rule of fifteens, where we like to see some kind of progress every fifteen minutes. Mm -hmm. And she got stuck with those hooves. Um, well, really, we could see one hoof. I had to feel in for the second hoof, and I was mm -hmm. afraid I'd break the water before she was right. ready. So I just was not right. wanting to really be too invasive. Yeah. Um, but I could, I did get to where I could feel a second hoof and what I felt like was a nose. And that's okay. Well, it's all there. Like yeah. she just needs time as a first timer. So we got on the phone with another <laughs> cattleman friend and uh, he said, you're going to need to go ahead and make some decisions. And then as we were on the phone with him, her water broke. So I know when her water breaks, we've got a 30 minutes. Right. Then the clock really starts. Yeah. Yeah. You've got 30 <laughs> minutes really to safely get a calf on the ground. And so, um, before we got to that point, um, Eric went ahead and, and, you know, we were running around getting together the things that we knew we would need to be able to pull that calf. And I'm glad he was home. I'm glad I had the wherewithal to check on her, uh, when I did. So I knew how long she'd been in labor. I, we knew exactly how long her water was broken. Yeah. Um, because that calf would have died if we weren't home. 
Um, and if Eric wasn't home to help, because there's no way I could have done it right. by myself. Yeah. Um, so in all, I mean, we just, you know, we prayed for strength and clarity and wisdom and just got the job done. And um, we had to winch him out, honestly. Yeah. And so Eric winched and I used my hands to help guide the calf into place where it needed to be. And um, <laughs> he was born and like, thank God he was alive. But we just had this like rush of emotions and okay, well, <laughs> mama was fine. She was on her feet pretty quickly. He got up and nursed within the hour. Well, in the midst of all of that, I got tagged on a Facebook post <laughs> on a local page about a Jersey cow. <laughs> Donna's looking for a Jersey Donna's cow. Donna's looking for a Jersey cow. Yeah. So I get tagged. So I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like, I'm, my hands are full here. Right. But I, we are looking for another Jersey cow. So I messaged this woman, this cow seems perfect. She has a calf at her side. All like it seemed it's just too too perfect. And so great I told, timing too. We're great, awesome timing. So <laughs> I said, I'm not getting my hopes up. If it's supposed to be, it'll be. Right. And I messaged her and I didn't hear back from her for a good hour and a half or so. Which was probably good. Yeah, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I was fine. Like I was not stressing <laughs> about it. But um as it turns out, she emailed me or she messaged me back and she said, Listen. I have like 25 people ahead of you who said they can pick up today. The price was right. <laughs> I mean, it just was perfect. And um, she said, but I really feel like I want her to go to the right family and that you're it. So we'll wait for you. Because I, I told Good. her, like, I want her, but here's what we're doing right now. <laughs> Good. Yeah. It, you know, and I'm glad that she had that response because I hate it when people play the first come, first serve game. Right. And like, because sometimes people have life going on. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's always nice when somebody's willing to go, you know what? We'll, we'll wait. Yeah. So... We ended up, um, made sure our Rosie and, and her new little right. giant calf were fine. Yeah. And um, <laughs> got cleaned up and drove to Lake City <laughs> and picked up our New Jersey cow and her calf, who is sired by a longhorn. So Nice. Um, yeah. He, and he's beautiful. Um, I saw him when I drove in. Yeah. Super cute. Yeah. Um, so the longhorn sire is gorgeous. Like, I was like, Jenny's going to have to do this for me. <laughs> and then Eric said, if you really want to, like, if you really want to do it, we'll just pay to have it done and um, it'll be right. And I said, well, let's just see how he grows out and what yeah. it looks like. And so the boys, of course, are all excited about the longhorns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want horns. So yeah. that's one of my caveats on future cattle coming in is they need to be pulled or dehorned. So his horns are coming in. Um, they're still loose little nubs. He's about six weeks old now, but we have to make a decision like now, Mm -hmm. are we going to keep him or not? Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what the right answer is, but it's been a full, full busy week of cows. Like that's consumed of my life. Basically all that cow stuff happened in like three days. In three days. (laughs) We sold one, we picked up one, we had one and then we bought two more. So Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the three days, were you like, Wait, what just happened? We were so tired that Sunday night. Like, we were exhausted. I bet. I, just, I mean, and yeah, we just kind of sat down in the silence and looked at each other and went, huh. Right. <laughs> huh. We have three new little bull calves. 
um, who we will steer probably this weekend. And um, an extra, we sold a milk cow, got a new milk, milk cow, and so really swapped one, I guess. And we're pretty satisfied with who's in the herd and mm-hmm. what's going on now. So mm-hmm. um, we have plans to artificially inseminate the new Jersey. Her name is Maple. And I have access to Jersey, uh, Jersey semen straw right away. Um, but it, it's not sex semen. I really want to breed her to get a heifer. Okay. So I don't know. This first round will just cross our fingers. I think. And so you're going to breed for another milk cow. I want another milk cow. Yeah. yeah I'd like to, I want to, to cross her one. to some better milk lines. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she's not a high producing Jersey, which, um, you know, I've had a high producing Jersey. So I think something in between would be good. She's, yeah. she's on the lower end. She's real petite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she could almost measure as a mini. Um, I have to check what the standards are on that, but um, yeah, something, something, a mid-sized Jersey, I think would be nice for my next girl that I can, I want to raise up and bond with yeah. and have that connection. So yeah, right now I'm just trying to teach her how to milk. So, which she knows, she knows how to milk, but she has a calf on her and she is holding back. Okay. So she's not very kicky with me when I reach for her. She has nice long teats. I can hand milk. Um, of course my hands are out of practice because I've been spoiled. Yeah. You've been doing the milk machine <laughs> on the machine. Yeah. I wondered if she was used to that yeah. or had been milked that way before. She's fine either way. She okay. really is fine. She'll do either way, but she's not letting down. Okay. So, um, even I've separated her calf the last three nights and in the mornings, her udder is nice and full mm-hmm. and tight and she gives a little bit of milk mm-hmm. and then that's it. <laughs> It's still nice and full and tight. Saving for baby. Saving it for baby. So, um, yeah, one of the things we, we have some tricks up our sleeve for that. One of the things is, um, to put baby on for like 30 seconds. Yeah. Have him induce that letdown reflex and then I'll milk. The problem is the baby is feral too. And, uh, I say too, she's not, but the other calf I was speaking of is, um, but he, he causes a ruckus and he doesn't want me to handle him. He doesn't want to be haltered. Um, he's wild. And so she, she did kick a little bit today with him because he just was nuts in there. (laughs) So we're working it out. Nice. We just have to a little every day. Yeah. She, she has to know what I expect of her and learn the new routine. And so does he, and we'll get it. We'll get it. Yeah, it takes a lot of persistence, I'm sure, and patience. Yeah. And I've been trying to get our calf to eat out of my hand. Mm. And he's to the point now where he'll let me stand there with food in my hand and mm-hmm. he'll and he'll eat and he'll look at my hand. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, he doesn't just run off. He's thinking about it, but he's not running off anymore. Yeah. And so that is that that is progress. So I'm really trying to spend a little bit more time with him and baby Ruth. She's just as wild as it gets. Mm. I mean, you should have seen her this morning. I was out there spraying everybody Mm because I can't do pour on because the bull doesn't like the pour on and baby Ruth won't let me come near her with pour on. So I went out and got some spray and standing there spraying everybody. The bull will let me spray him. And everybody, everybody let me spray them except for baby Ruth. Mm. She was running around everywhere, (laughs) kicking. I mean, running, I mean, from one end of the pasture back all the way back up to look at me to see what I was doing. (laughs) All over fly spray. All over fly spray. And so 
I never got her. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. Deal with the flies then, girl. (laughs) Oh, well. Yeah. Mine are terrified of the sprayer. Like, they think I'm going to kill them with it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. In fact, when we had a bull, that was what I used to control him. If I had to go out in the field and nobody was home, it was rare that I would do that. But if I, anytime I went out in the field with him, I would take the sprayer. Take the sprayer. All I had to do was show it to him. Like, I could, a pitchfork, nah, a whip, nah, but that sprayer, sprayer. he was terrified of it. Interesting. It was weird. Yeah, it was funny. But hey, whatever works, Whatever works, yeah. They all think I'm trying to kill them with the fly spray. Like, it's not a big deal. Really, it's not. The water hose, too. They're like that with the water hose. So, anyway. So, I spent a whole week dealing with cows. My garden got neglected a lot. And I was just getting into the swing of cleaning out. Being and, in there yeah, and doing the work. Yeah, after the heat of the summer. And so um, I spent all day in there yesterday and it was good. Yes. Was I did nice. a lot of work yesterday in my garden. Not not a lot. I'm, I'm not going to say a lot, but I did some. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what, I, what I've been working on is getting chicken coop dirt. Mm-hmm. In the wheelbarrow and getting all of my beds dressed with chicken coop dirt. Yeah. And I've got probably about, I don't know, maybe 75% of mm-hmm. the garden done. Cool. Um, with, you know, a nice layer of the super high nitrogen mm-hmm. chicken coop dirt. Are you watering it in? Uh, it As soon as I got done yesterday, like well, the skies rained. opened up. It <laughs> rained yeah. big time. So. Um, but that whole area that I cover cropped, mm-hmm. I just chopped and dropped all that. Um, and after it started to break down a little bit, I took out some of the big, like thicker stems right. from the beans because I want it to like break down a little faster. Um, but I just threw that chicken coop dirt right on top of all the... Layer it up. Yep. yep. Layer it up. So I think what I'm going to do since... That cover crop still has to break down. Um, once I get that whole area covered with chicken coop dirt, I'm going to go ahead and tarp that whole side and just leave it till spring. Okay. Let it break down. Yeah. Leave it till spring. And then just plant my raised beds in my center section. Yeah. Um, so I won't be able to grow as much as I want to grow. But, but it's just... But I think I'm going to do my tomatoes somewhere else, I've decided. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to do like all my brassicas and lettuces and stuff like that and carrots and rutabagas in the big garden. Uh-huh. But then I'm just going to do my tomatoes somewhere else. Are you going to do the buckets? I might do the buckets. Yeah, why I might, not? I might do the buckets. I mean, the buckets have worked really well in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just have to figure out how to keep the chickens yeah. out of them. Yeah. Well, a little piece of wire fence right. around them around will it. be fine. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I um, started, I direct sowed some cantaloupe, some watermelon, and some various squashes. I found some seminal pumpkin seeds. Oh, did so you? I, did. I brought you some today. Oh, <laughs> of course. Well, I don't know how, if mine are good. So <laughs> mine are a couple of years old. So I just sowed a whole bunch of them. So we'll see if they come up or not. But yeah. so I'll take yours yeah. too. That's funny. Um yeah, I sowed a bunch of different squashes, some yellow squash, like some summer squashes and mm-hmm. some some winter squashes too. Spaghetti squash, um, butternut, seminal pumpkin, and um, yeah, I'm working on that. I'm working on some flowers. I cleaned out a ton yesterday, weeded a ton. Eric went in last week with the weed whacker 
Oh, thank goodness. On that grassy right. side between all the blackberries and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to stake up our blackberries at this point. And um, so we're still trying to decide what's the best way to do that. But as far as like getting seeds in the ground, it's happening. I, oh, green beans. I said some oh, green nice. beans. Yep. Nice. Um, so a lot of green beans are like 55 to 60 days. So we have a lot of time to even succession sow those still. Totally. Totally. Yeah. You could you could probably do like like three, three. rounds. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So I started um, a pole bean and a bush bean, and then I will probably wait about a month and do more. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, cucumbers! I did actually. I did Armenian cucumbers, which are technically a melon that tastes like cucumbers. Okay. Um, have you had those? No. They're so good. They're so good. Um, what do they look like? They they get <laughs> like long. Okay. They grow super long, super fast. Like you can watch them grow from day to day, a ridiculous amount. It's crazy. Um, Armenian cucumbers. So like I said, they're really a melon, but they taste like cucumbers. They're super heat tolerant. Nice. Um, so I started those first, and then I'll get some regular cucumbers in the ground later. I remember I talked about I had cucumbers that seemed to be sterile. Yes. Like. Beautiful vines, yes, flowers, all of that. Like it looked like they had little female flowers, mm-hmm. bees in them, yeah. not one single fruit, <laughs> not one. I think I when I was digging through seeds, I think they were saved from a store-bought cucumber. So I wonder if they were a hybrid and and that they were sterile. That would explain that. It would. Mm-hmm. It would. It was um I threw them away just because I was like, I'm not doing that again. Um, or actually, I put them in my stack of stuff to throw away, but maybe I'll um, like throw them in an area where I'm just going to broadcast old seeds just to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And So, I mean, they, they grew, like I said, beautiful vines and leaves, and the bugs were not in them as bad as the other cucumbers. Disease was not in them as bad as other cucumbers. So they had to be a hybrid. They had to have right? been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if nothing else, then they'll grow somewhere out in the field for the cows. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that'll work. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, I, speaking of cucumbers mm-hmm. and them not being infested with bugs and stuff, this year was the first time I put dill in with my cucumbers. Yeah. And I did not have the cucumber worm problem. Mm. I did plant dill next to those cucumbers, too, because you had told me that. Yep. They weren't right next to them. They were, um, I had carrots planted there. I think is in the same family as dill. That's it. I'm not 100% on that, but I think it is. Okay. Um, but I did have a dill planted in the next box right next to them. So. Nice. Yeah, which is all going to seed now. So that's good. Yeah. I can start more of that soon. Yeah, I've got all my trays pulled out to start seeds. Yeah, I've got my yes. trays washed out You've got there. your trays pulled out too. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk starting seeds. Yes. Well... Tomatoes, that's mainly what I pulled my trays out for. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured I would just do one tray with um, cherry tomatoes and then the other tray with, I guess I need three trays. Yeah. Because I want to do homestead tomatoes and I want to do Cherokee purple. Okay. For fall. So, mm-hmm. um, which actually, yeah. So that's what I'll do. I'll do three trays. I'll do three buckets. Uh-huh. I'll have a cherry tomato bucket, I'll have a homestead tomato bucket, and I'll have a Cherokee purple bucket. 
That'll be good. <laughs> so are the homestead, are they slicers or are they? They are. Okay. It's like a medium sized slicer. Okay. Um, they're good for canning. And okay. They're really heat tolerant. Nice. Yeah. They're good. And they're. Um, I feel like I've asked you about them before. They're determinant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So they do not get super tall. And they all come on at once. Yep. Yep. I, there's a place for that, man. There is. I um, like it. Yeah, there is a place for that. Um, although I do like how the indeterminates grow, mm -hmm. you know. But if you want to can some tomatoes, that's where it's at. Yeah. That's what, what, that's what we're after, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So I've got all my trays pulled out. I need to wash them, though. Yeah. Because we had the blight issue last year. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that um, they get washed washed really well. Make sure there's no virus or bacteria or maybe even throw a cap full of bleach in there. Yeah, I bleach mine for you sure. You do? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Just Dawn dish soap and a scrubby and, yep. and some bleach. Yep. Mm -hmm. that's, what, that's how I do it. Um, so yeah, definitely if you're reusing any containers, if they're even if they're from the store... Give them a good wash. Let them dry well. Um, obviously, you don't want to bleach out the roots and plant right away <laughs> of your plants. So, right. <laughs> like, make sure you rinse them and dry them. Um, another thing that I do when I start seeds, I do I do a couple of different ways because I don't feel like there's ever any one right way. No, I, I think every year I do it a little differently. Yeah. I like to cluster, to start them in clusters, too. Mm -hmm. So I'll use little, um, like, Food containers are really good for a good way to do this is to use like a little, um, like a reusable takeout box kind of yeah. thing with a clear lid. And I'll, so you put your soil in there and um, sprinkle in a bunch of seeds. Mm -hmm. And I like to do that if I'm not sure what the germination rate is on seeds. Yeah. Um, and you can do this with any kind of seed really except for carrots. Carrots are not going to be happy with that. Um, and then as they germinate, then you kind of pick them apart carefully and, and then mm -hmm. pot them up one, mm -hmm. one at a time. So that way you're not using up your pots for seeds that don't germinate. That's why I like to do it. Yes. Um, I don't like to do it. The con to that would be you're using a bunch of seeds. Yeah. You know. I'll, I like to do that with my tomatoes. Mm -hmm. um, that works well for tomatoes. They don't mind being picked apart mm -hmm. so much. They're super resilient. And I really feel like when you seed a bunch of seeds like that, I don't know, they just grow better, I feel like. I don't know if they, like, compete against each other. Like, no, I'm going to be the biggest. Yeah. I'm going to be the strongest. <laughs> I don't you know? know. I don't know what it is. It, it, but when you sow just one tiny little seed all by itself, sometimes they just kind of, they turn out kind of wimpy. Yeah. You know, they're falling over. And mm -hmm. when you grow them all together like that, they, they help each other stand up. And, mm -hmm. you know, they get enough growth on them where the root system gets strong enough. And they're just strong plants I think yeah so I'll be doing that with my tomatoes um lettuce though mm -hmm. I'll just direct so the lettuce probably in the garden just, just heavy sprinkling of yeah seeds. or maybe I'll start some on the porch mm -hmm. but I wouldn't do them in a tray I would start those in just individual ones I don't mind doing them in a tray, and then I, I don't split them apart plant by plant. I might split the tray apart, like, into quarters or right. something like that and plant a whole cluster that way. Yeah. Um, I feel like those are a little bit more susceptible to not doing well, being plucked out so much. Root damage. Yeah. Yeah. Probably yeah. so. I've done both. I've, I've direct sown. 
Um, when I direct sow lettuce, I don't I don't know if it's like where we are in our climate and it you know prone to slugs and snails and, and that kind of thing. But um, I I have to really he- heavily seed when I direct sow mm-hmm. lettuce. Mm-hmm. Do you? Yeah, or, okay. I do. Is that just the way it is, or I'm wondering like, am I doing something wrong? Yeah, no. I I'll I'll. I'll do them pretty heavy if I direct sow them. And then okay. if I think they're too heavy, just thin them as they go. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Thinning is one of the hardest jobs for me as a gardener. Is it for you? I think it is. It's for it's, a lot of people. It is. It's so tedious. It's not only that, but like, I feel like it's wasteful in the moment. Yes. I know it's not. I know it's necessary. Those plants can only compete for so long before they're going to die out anyways. And the ones that are stronger might be stunted because they had to compete. Mm-hmm. So like you got to thin them. Yeah. But it's hard. It's difficult to get in there and do it and feel like I'm killing plants for no reason. Yeah. But yeah, I usually feed them to the chicken. So it's not wasteful. It's just, it's hard. Yeah. It's difficult. It's a mind thing to me. So I'm sitting on the fence on whether or not I'm going to start my seeds outside on my back porch Mm -hmm. or sometimes I'll start them inside on my kitchen counter and Mm -hmm. just put the grow light on them. Yeah. Um, I feel like if they're in my kitchen, they're like in my face all the time. Right. And they get tended to more. Right. Um, but it's kind of like, well, dang, it's, it's warm enough to have seeds outside. Like normally when I start them in my kitchen, it's like really early spring. It's too cold at night to have the tomatoes out there, but that's not the case. Right. So I'm really sitting on the fence. Like, what do I want to do? Indoor with the grow light or outside? I usually start my fall seeds outside. Do you? I do. And I will this year. I, um, will probably do some today. Actually, I'm going to set up a shelf out on my back porch where it's screened in. So Mm -hmm. somewhat protected from the bugs. Yeah. (laughs) Although like we do have bugs on the back porch anyways, but, um, and it'll get the Eastern sun. So, um, you know, a lot of people know it's got to have that. So you've got to put them in a Southern facing window. That's not necessarily true when you're just starting seeds. Um, sometimes that sun can actually be a little too harsh for them when you're as far South as we are anyways. Yeah. So, um, no, they'll get the, they'll get the morning sun and I'll get them watered every evening. And, um, I like starting outside because you don't have to harden off. Like when you start inside. Yeah, that's true. Um, there is, there is a harding, hardening off period to get them used to that full sun exposure, but it's not, it's not as drastic. And so, um, they're not as quite shocked. You don't have to spend as many days and hours doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. Good um, point. That's what I'm going to do. And then, um, and then what are you going to start your seeds in? Are you going to actually get like a seed starting mix? Well, um, no, no, I'm not. I have in the past. I'm not either. I'm, I'm not. So seed starting mixes are good because they are clean, um, but they are sterile, so you have to keep that in mind as we talk about soil health and microbiology and all of that. But um, they're good because they're fluffy. It's like a really fine, mm-hmm. fluffy soil. So if you're new, I definitely recommend a seed starting mix. Um, but you don't have to. Like it's they're also expensive. You get a little bit for a lot of money, mm-hmm. and so um, I'm using a good quality garden soil in a bag with peat moss. Mm-hmm. And I'll add blood meal. Okay. So, um, and sometimes I've added perlite or vermiculite or something like that for 
added moisture, but the peat really holds on to water. Yeah, and, I think so too. And it helps just fluff up that garden soil that you get in the bag to hold on to seeds so they don't get lost. Mm -hmm. And then that works really well. And um, you don't have to use garden soil. You could do compost and peat moss. You mm -hmm. could do a, a mix of those three. I mean, you could experiment with different things and see what you like, see mm -hmm. what works for you. Um, I do like adding the blood meal though. Uh, it's added nitrogen to get them going. Yeah. So um, the hard thing about seeds to remember is like they'll grow in any, like they'll sprout in anything, you know, everything that that plant needs to germinate is included in the in seed. This, in that seed. Right. Yeah. Except for water and sunlight. Mm -hmm. So as you provide that and they sprout and then you think I'm doing great. <laughs> but then after a little bit of time, if they're not in a soil where they're being fed well, then they really start to peter out. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that's something that a lot of new gardeners have a hard time with. Something I know I had a hard time with when I started growing from seed. Yeah, I did too. I didn't quite understand. Yeah. Um, oh, they need some nutrition pretty quickly. Yeah. So that's why I like the blood meal um, and the garden mix, not, not just the seed starting mix. So, um, and then sometimes I use soil blocks. I don't use pots and I don't use those trays I use soil blocks okay especially if I'm doing a lot um, mm -hmm. because I'm not burning through pots mm -hmm. um, they I've noticed a lot of plants grow better in them because their roots are getting aerated um, as opposed to closed in with the, by the pot like okay. they're they're exposed to the air more yeah. and they like makes that. sense yeah um, it's just another step is the thing. Right. And if you start them too soon and they, I only have, um, I think it's a, I think it's a two inch, like a two and a half inch by two and a half inch or something like that. Okay. Soil block maker. If they, if you start them too soon before it's time to put them in the ground, like in spring, especially this happens, if it's too cold to put your stuff out, then, um, you have to pot them up. Right. Repeatedly. <laughs> so it just depends on what your goals are and what you're after. If I'm doing a lot, I like to use the soil block maker, um, even though it's an extra step. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. In the past, I've used, um, whenever I'm doing a lot, just those little expandable peat moss. Oh, yeah. The little peat pots. Yeah. The little peat pots. Um, those have worked really well for me in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just not going to spend money on starting seeds this year, so I'm not going to buy any, but, right. um, those work really well. Um, and I feel like they would work really well for beginners too, because a lot of the times you can go and get those and they come in the tray that has the plastic dome on it. Right. You know, you set them all up. You water them, they expand. I don't know. They've just worked good for me in the past. They're kind of foolproof. They are. Yeah. Um, and two, you can kind of tell um, when it's ready to pot them up to something bigger because mm -hmm. you can start to see those roots, probably kind right. of like the soil block thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so those have worked really well for me in the past, mm -hmm. but I'm just not going to do them this year. No, I and I'm all about using what I have. So I have yeah. a decent bag of garden soil. I yeah. have peat moss. Like I have a um, half, like a half of that. It's like compressed. So yeah. I, I can't remember how much is in there, but I've got a bunch. Yeah. Um, That's the one thing I'll probably buy and I'm going with chicken coop dirt. Yeah. Yep. I will use that too. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably pull a little bit of dirt from a spot in my garden where I can mm -hmm. um, just to kind of dull down the chicken coop dirt 
a notch because the nitrogen's super high in that right now. So well, and there's life in the garden dirt. Yeah. So adding that in where it can give yeah. it like like a starter culture kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Using what the, what we have is kind of the name of the game right now for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, with like amending my garden because my soil test came back so bad. Right. Um, we needed a lot of nitrogen and. Um, to amend it with like blood meal and bone meal, it would have been just a ridiculous amount of money. So um, we went with the chicken coop dirt. So I'm anxious to see how that works out. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to put food on the table. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people also um, don't realize watering needs when you're starting seeds. Like if seeds, if once they start, if they dry out at all, yeah. they're done. Yeah, and overwatering is so easy to do. Right. Um, I whenever I have seeds started, I always take like a plastic water bottle mm-hmm. and put the cap on it and poke three teeny tiny holes in the cap mm-hmm. and use that to water my seedlings because it, yeah. it only puts out a little bit of water because yeah. you don't need much. Like, yeah. And a lot of people, they get their fancy watering can and it's, I think there's some romance in that somehow to, to right. use, you know, they have this picture that they're going to start their <laughs> seeds with their beautiful sun hat and their sundress right. and their watering can. Right. And that puts out too much water it for those seeds. It puts out way too much water. That water mm-hmm. moves everything around and dislodges them and drowns them so um you know I think my biggest tip on watering seeds is check for dampness Mm -hmm. you know if they Mm -hmm. if they feel damp they're fine Mm -hmm. you know they don't need to be swimming right um and bottom water yeah bottom water for sure yeah the pots that I have fit in a tray so I can water in the tray yeah um once once the seed and then like you know there's holes in each pot so they kind of yeah soak that water up so i've got a couple cracks in a couple of my trays yeah i do too unfortunately if i'm going to i don't know i don't think i'll order new trays this right now but maybe by spring Spring, i might need to order new trays yeah yeah i'm undecided as well i don't know um Another thing, if you are starting them outside using a uh, garden hose with um, a spray nozzle on the mist attachment is good. Yeah. The mist will work well. I wouldn't use any of the other no. options <laughs> on <No>. that dial. <laughs> Just the mister is good. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I guess the only other thing that I can think of that is important to remember is when, like when to sow them. Yes. How much time do you have left before frost? Yeah. Um, remembering that, like, we are still doing summer things here where we are. We're starting tomatoes and peppers, and we can do that still, but not for too much longer. Not for too much longer. I mean, if I don't get my tomato seeds started, like ASAP, mm-hmm. um, we're going to be about out of time. Right. But I'm really glad I was thorough and wrote my dates down last year. I am too. I'm really <laughs> glad you did that. I was so <laughs> stoked when I found those dates written down. I'm like, yes, Yay. I'm not late. I Yay. started tomatoes on like August 25th. Yeah. Um, right along with all the brassicas and right. all that stuff. That's awesome. This year, though, I really want to try to succession sow my bok choy. 
Okay. We love bok choy. Yeah. It grows so good. It's easy. Yeah. Um, but last year I did it all at once, uh-huh. you know, and then we had like a whole 12 foot row of bok choy <laughs> that was like, oh, what okay. What do we do with all that? Hey y'all, we're eating bok choy. For the rest of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So ideally, I think it would be nice to maybe just harvest a couple at a time. At a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. That way it's a little bit more manageable. Mm-hmm. Other things I, I will say, this isn't in relation so much to seed starting, but things that are happening right now mm-hmm. um, are onions. Well, onion seeds, of course, but if you want to start from sets, now would be the time to order your sets. Yeah. Um, garlic, leeks, shallots, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, now's the time to get them going and get them planted soon. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're doing that too. Um, and then, and if you're thinking about doing, I mean, especially if you're in Florida, um, or anywhere that it's like super hot and sunny, um, still, if you're wanting to do your brassicas now, Mm -hmm. if you're wanting to start them now, really think about shade cloth Mm -hmm. and how you're going to set that up, you know, because you can be dealing with your shade cloth structure, um, essentially while your starts are growing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, that's one thing that I've got to do, mm-hmm. um, is get that shade cloth back up. Yeah. I did. When you said August 25th, is that when you started your winter stuff? Yeah. Oh, okay. I started at, re- at everything on the same time. Okay. Yep. I will do all of those things soon, except carrots. I usually wait until our nights are cooler. Mm-hmm. Carrots don't like to germinate when it's too hot. Yeah. So we'll wait. We'll wait on that, and then they'll grow. We'll succession sow, and they'll grow over winter. Yeah. And that'll be good. Yeah, I'll wait on my carrots, too. Mm-hmm. Do you do, like, parsnips and Mm-mm. other never... roots? I'm going to do rutabagas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, I'll do we rutabagas like and carrots this year. Yeah. Okay. Me too. Yep. Me too, for sure. Yep. So. Um, yeah, so that's really about it for seed starting. Seed starting, yeah. I, I mean, there's just, there's a few key things that I think um, I wanted people to know, you know, that things that we talk about that like, there are questions that come up mm-hmm. um, or, you know, why didn't my... Why, how much water do they need? Or why did, why did they all die out? Or, you know, so yeah. remembering to keep a good amount of nutrition in your soil and water in your soil, but not too much water in your soil. <laughs> <laughs> um, those are, those are going to be the biggies. And then label. I'm the worst when it yes. comes to losing my labels, mixing up my labels. It's hard to um, keep everything labeled and yeah. keep it all straight. And Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. I did a big garden drawing for, uh-huh. like, this is what's growing, what's going to stay for fall, this summer, fall stuff, a list of winter seeds to start that will go in later, um, and, you know, spent some time on it in the late at night, and it was all beautiful, and then went out and started planting the next day and already planted stuff in the wrong spot, <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> why do I do this to myself? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I tend to... Um, after I plant something, I use my phone to take a quick video okay. of this is where I planted everything, and it kind of becomes my journal. Mm-hmm. So I can look back on what we did last year on my phone. Yeah. And even the year before, probably. But. It is nice to look back on stuff, and because I'll forget what I did, you know? Right. Or I forget that I put seeds in there, and um, 
you know, like three days ago. Where did I put those squash seeds? I don't remember which box they went in, and I'm going to go ahead and plant something else in there. And then they both come up. Right. Oops. <laughs> Oops. So that does happen. But um, I, I'm, it, I, I'm, I'm the worst at that. I don't know why I can't figure out how to take better notes. I used to. I used to keep meticulous garden notes. Did like you? dates, varieties, where I bought the seed from. Um, yeah, I don't do that anymore. I'm like, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't do well. I don't know. <laughs> or it did great. And then I wish, I really wish I had those details because right. I want to order more seed from them. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Or when we planted it. And then the other thing to remember is like year by year, our, our, our weather patterns change. Like, so we have an estimated first frost date, but we also have like colder winters and warmer winters, you mm-hmm. know? So um, that August 25th date was perfect last year for you. It may not be this it year. It may not be. Right. That mm-hmm. might be late or early. We don't. Yeah. It could be right on, but you know, from year to year, things usually change. Yeah. So keep that in mind. If you, um, I have found that the first year gardener usually has success because they mm-hmm. are doing a lot of research. The second year gardener still has great success. They're in the honeymoon phase. It tends to be the third year, and even myself, if I am starting a new crop. The third year, we think we've got it. Right. right. <laughs> we, we, we have figured it out. Yeah, we think we've got it, and and we don't. <laughs> we There's stuff that we forget and uh, think we don't have to look up and get stuff wrong, and suddenly we don't have a crop. Uh-huh. And so um have to kind of go back. That's when notes are helpful. Yes. Yep. Yep. Go back I know I made a, ma- a major note to myself this year. Pay attention if it's your seventh year garden. Right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> when the Lord says, let it rest. Let it rest. Let it rest. Yep. Yep. Better listen. Yep. So I'm going to let half of mine rest for the rest of the year. Very good. Well, your garden wasn't that big when you started. So it's not all in the seventh year, is it? Um, I would say, well, it got really big, and then I downsized right. my garden. Okay. So the what's outside of my garden fence used to be right newer garden. Okay. Which I got rid of. Okay, so it is all seven years. It is. Hmm. I was trying for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. Making excuses. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all get out there and start some seeds. Yes. Yeah, just start them, you know. Just plant. Just plant them. Start them. You won't know until you do it. Yeah, do the next right thing. That's right. (laughs) Until next time. Bye, y'all. Bye.